Film Reach presents Verbal Masturbation with Bryson Jim. This episode of Film Rage was recorded on site at the Calgary International Film Festival. Now in its 22nd year, SIF brings the best of Alberta, Canadian, and world cinema to Calgary each fall. Sign up for the SIF newsletter at sifcalgary.ca slash newsletter or follow at SIF Calgary on all platforms. Be sure you don't miss out on any of the exciting upcoming events. Film Rage presents Verbal Masturbation. With Bryce, Jim, and Murray. This week's verbal masturbation session is with the director of The Sadness, Rob Jabaz. How's it going, Rob? Howdy. I'm here. Nice to uh, be here in, in lovely Calgary, Alberta. Yes. Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Canada. Right. So, in our verbal masturbation sessions, we like to play a little bit of a game with our guests just to loosen them up a bit. Do we, do we all like stand in a circle and jerk off on a piece of um, toast and then the last guy to come like eats the toast? Yes. Okay. But we, do, we usually finish with that. You can't start with that, Rob, because there's nowhere coming back from that. All right. Once I gotta we've say, all seen the toast. I'm a little bit like taken aback by the, the title of this podcast. I mean, that's pretty in your face. Right, Isn't it? Right off the bat, you know? It, you're, you now get a little picture of who we are as people. We're in the Thunderdome. We are. <laughs> are we going to sing this now again? No, no, we're not. Damn it! Copyright. Okay, so we play this game called Or. It's literally the simplest game you can play. I'm going to ask you questions, and you're going to answer one or... The other. Go on. So, Dawn of the Dead, 2004, or 1978? Um, I, I have to just, just say it without any explanation? Yes, yes. it's just an or. Okay. Um, but you can't explain it. Sure, why not? It's your, we're interviewing you. You can do whatever the fuck you want. Yeah, I, I guess uh, I like the newer one better because I like the opening. All right. Not bad. Killed by your husband. Try to anyway. It's good. Mm -hmm. Good choice. No, I mean like the the, the Johnny Cash thing. Oh, uh, yes. right, the music. Like that. That I think is just better than it, <laughs> the whole 1978 Dawn of the Dead. I, I, it's a good. That's a good movie and everything. But it's just. It is kind of a snooze by today's standards. You know, I, I'm. I have uh, reverence for the classics, but at the end of the day, you know, you go back. You go back to certain things more than other things, right? And I go back yeah. to that intro. I don't even watch the whole movie. I just watch that <laughs> intro. <laughs> and the extra. Is that is it extra? Extra is that one with the alien that comes out of that lady's Yeah, That is. Exactly. Okay. Metro Taipei or TTC? Oh, Metro Taipei all day. All right. Oh, that's, it's called the MRT, actually. Okay. They don't tell you that on Mr. Google sometimes. Mm. Fried taro balls mm -hmm. or poutine? Poutine. Okay. Now, how are fried taro balls, by the way? Trash. All right. <laughs> it's like... 3 a.m. drunk at the bar. Like you, you don't. No, no one eats that stuff. They, like you eat that at the night market. Just, then you do, you eat it just to kind of kill time. Like there's this whole culture of just walking and eating stuff just to, uh, as activity. It's essentially just killing time. Nice. Sounds fun. Yeah, it's it's all right. Uh, Montreal Canadiens or the Rakuten Monkeys. Oh, well, I mean, obviously the Rakuten monkeys. Who the fuck are they? I, I believe he's a Leafs fan, <laughs> if I had to guess. The Rakuten monkeys <laughs> what? Are, you don't know? are the our provincial baseball team yeah. in Taiwan. Okay, cool. I had no idea. That, that's, that's a pretty rad. But isn't uh, that the greatest name? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Rakuten, it's pretty awesome. And being the, like, just as your logo, like a, a monkey. I'm imagining like a monkey with like the 
uh, the, uh, what do you call that? Like the uh, organ grinder monkey. Yes. You know? Nan, yeah. nan, nan, nan. Oh, that's the pop out of the yeah. box monkey. Oh, yeah, the, hold on. It's a, I'm thinking of the the monkey with the symbols. Yeah, Not, okay, or, that dude. Organ grinder, the human winds the thing, and the monkey yes. just kind of capers around. I feel like that most days when I'm just clapping my hands. All right. Lucio Fulci or Mario Bava? Uh, Lucio Fulci. Okay, good answer, good answer. And lastly, you should be nice and warmed up by now. Row. Or row. So row as in fish row, mm -hmm. or row as in the boat. <laughs> uh, what? Like, I mean, if, if, if I need to go somewhere, then row as in the boat. But if I'm hungry, then row the, the fish. So eggs. which would you prefer? It's an or question. Right now? Yes. Uh, probably, I, I'd like to be in a boat right now, I guess. Okay, there you go. It's hard to find in this city. Paddling away from this fucking podcast no <laughs> kidding eh? <laughs> just start how is this nice. even a podcast <laughs> nice all right all right we'll get down to some questions now but we're gonna open with uh so your movie's basically a bunch of action sequences tied together by a little bit of narrative yep that's fair um it kind of brings me back to uh one time i went to a screening of midnight me train and uh uh, Ryuhei Kanemura was actually asked about this one scene where Vinnie Jones is like slicing warts off his neck and throwing them in a jar. Uh -huh. and he was asked like, what was the point of that? And he said, well, it looked cool. Oh, yeah. And I got a vibe of a lot of stuff kind of just looked cool in this. Yeah. And uh, was, was it is mostly visual, less with the narrative when you were thinking of all this? Or Well, I, I've said this before like uh, in other interviews and stuff, but the, the inspiration was Pee-wee's Big Adventure for the structure of the film. Right. Because the way that that works is like you introduce Pee-wee and you get to kind of know who he is through his breakfast machine. And then, you know, he's this wacky guy. And then the plot gets sort of set off by him losing his bike. And then after that, it's just sort of, you know, Pee-wee's at the truck stop and yep. he does some stuff. Okay, he's, he's out of the truck stop. Okay, Pee-wee's in a, in a cab of a, of a, of a truck. Okay, he's out of there. Okay, he's he, now he's in uh, the Alamo. Okay, now he's now he's at Universal Studios, and so it's just kind of like mo moving your character to a different location, and then sort of having a little vignette, and then moving on, but then having it all tied together with the plot of the bike. And in, in my film, there's two uh, Peewees. There's the female Peewee and the male Peewee. So I guess that that's kind of where I'm coming at, where I'm coming at it with it. You know, like uh, that's. Um, you have to th you have to understand too that I was I'm making a film like not in my native language so yeah. so you have to kind of hedge your bets and that just seemed like the most how do you say that you know like the most uh, um, uh, <laughs> come on come on the, the, the most like possible way for me to like succeed is that's what I'm trying to say cool yeah well that's it's kind of um, one of those things while in Taipei do Taipei. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Cool. I mean, what else are you going to do? Yeah, well, other than eat tarot balls, I was I guess. going to make that joke, too, <laughs> just now. You beat me to it. Oh, dude, I'm sorry. I won't steal your thunder no, again, okay. I promise. Especially if, you, if I keep, you know, like baseball, like the Rangutan monkeys, mm -hmm. I'll let you knock it out of the park. <laughs> Thanks. Okay, so I, I was a little disappointed because I heard that this film would actually have some violence in it. Uh-huh. So I'm kind of kidding. There, there was a lot of violence, actually, in this. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I also know from being at the Q&A last night that you are a super big film geek. <laughs> so do you think that 
Danny Boyle would be jealous of this film because it's the film that he probably wanted to make but had too much restraint. I don't think so at all. I think that, um, I mean, uh, I think that 28 Days Later is like, is really more about, is really mostly about that third act. It's mostly about like that whole thing of like, um, look what we've become, you know? And, and that actually t tends to be kind of what the, the story is for a lot of like these sort of global event movies, yeah. like, you know, the monsters that we become or whatever. Um, so uh, he had his own thing to say. And, and you know, my, my thing, like the, the, the finale of, of my film, like the, the conversation between Kat and Jim at the very, very end. Yep. Um, that's kind of, I guess, what I wanted. Like I, like, I like the idea of just sort of like love becoming uh, hate. Like, th like just that, those two things becoming the same thing. Like that's kind of, I guess, maybe what the, the idea is. And kind of everything, everything in the film kind of, you know, in a roundabout way just comes to that point in the end. That, and that's what I think is uh, the, the sort of subtext. And there's also this subtext also of kind of like um, the people who are well-adjusted and have like sort of a f uh, nice kind of pleasant life having that destroyed and then people kind of having shitty lives, having, finding themselves. And it's kind of this revenge of the nerds kind of situation. <laughs> that, those are the two kind of things that I'm trying to, I guess, say with the sadness. But I mean, at the end of the day, like, you know, come on, let's be serious. It's really about like a lot of the, the gore and the fun too. Cause I wanted to make a movie that, I, th I said this last night at the Q and I was like, I just want to, I just want to have lots of the good stuff. Like I want to have lots of stuff that horror fans are like, Come on, where is this stuff? Where is it these days? You know, like I wanted to just kind of make a movie that I, that I like. You know, yeah, and actually part of what I was, I guess, kind of kind of alluding to a little bit too is the fact that I think mainstream cinema is kind of too afraid now to take that next step to put the greatness or what a lot of us that are horror fans is we want that horror, and I think everybody's being restrained and there's just this play new it safe level of too it. much. Yeah, there's also a tendency with like sort of like gorier movies to kind of play it as a punchline and to kind of try to make it a because I guess you I guess the idea is that you want to you want your audience to like walk out of the theater feeling kind of like chipper and and then it's like oh I just I, j I feel good therefore I saw a good movie but if they walk out kind of feeling a little bit like you know confused or sort of upset then maybe they won't like like it they because you know I guess there's uh, uh, what do you call it they don't like the people they don't trust the audience enough to kind of work through a complex emotion and kind of be like, oh, that, that was a kind of a powerful film, you know? Yeah. And maybe they're right. Maybe audiences aren't, aren't uh, sort of... Kind of don't want that anymore. Yeah, it's like, yeah, no, yeah. It's like, yeah, no, no, we're in this state of just perpetual meh, as we like to say. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, um, I don't know. I, I, uh, I, all, all you can do is just follow your, follow your heart and kind of just make something that you feel is like, right you know and, and and honest and i think that um it was i think brian De, uh, what's his name brian de palma said that like you, you should handle violence like like you know showing violence as graphic and and horrible is like actually the only responsible way to show it because violence is a, is actually the it's worst true. it's yeah. actually the worst thing you know in the world like yeah. that, that we that we're capable of like malice is probably the worst thing conceivable really mm -hmm. Uh, in, a, in a broad sense. So it's like, I don't know, I, I just, that's another thing. I just really didn't want to play like the violence as a, a joke ever in the sadness. There are jokes in the sadness, but, but usually the violence is like, oh, this is serious and someone's actually being hurt in this. Yeah. And that's my, 
it seems like it's so funny because it's like you know why are you being so gratuitous and it's like I'm not I'm like the the the, the rock punching a guy in the face and like and you know him, the guy falling out the window and exploding onto a car like that's gratuitous you know but like showing something like as being absolutely horrifying is actually I've, in my mind m more responsible so cool so uh, you've uh, got to show this film in person to a few festivals uh, oh, have yeah. you gotten the crowd reaction you were looking for I'm, I'm assuming you sat in with the crowds most of the time yeah every, every time really uh, yeah. I mean yeah, I mean, every like we, uh, we went to Locarno, we went to Fantasia, we went to Film Fest, Film Fest, Fantastic Fest. Um, we went to La Tronge in Paris and uh, Motel X in, in, in Lisbon. And next week I'm going to go to Austin uh, for, for Fantastic Fest, and there's a couple others down the road too. I'm going to go to Sitges in, in Barcelona. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's going to be sweet. And uh, yeah, but I mean, everybody reacts a little differently. I found the Portuguese audience to be like really laughy. Like they re they, <laughs> they, they, they kind of were taking it almost like a, an old Peter Jackson film. Yeah. You know what's a really good indicator is like they they all they all cracked up at, at, like at the sort of the little the sort of the drop at, at the finale when the when the line is given yeah. to show <coughs> to show who he really is. No spoiler. But um, they all just completely cracked up. Meanwhile, this audience was totally silent. Like this, this audience like took it to heart, and yeah. I was like, "Ooh, that's a good one." That, like, this <laughs> is, so Calgary was a good audience because I like I like it when people take that that line seriously. But if they laugh, that's also good too. You know, if you can take it in a. I've just seen that different audiences take it in different ways, you know, and it's it's kind of interesting just to see different people. I'm really excited to see what the Spanish audience thinks because I've heard that they're a really sophisticated horror audience. Okay, yeah. Yeah, and they, they like actually like sort of golf clap applaud at gore gags and stuff. So <laughs> I'm stoked to sort of see that situation. Yeah, it's like golf clap applaud. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Like bravo, you know? Yeah, bravo. Nicely bravo. played. And they clap like, like, no, like this. Yeah, yeah. No one can see you. It's not a video podcast. I know, but they can inter interpret. See, I'm doing this, everybody. <laughs> He's doing that, He's everyone. tapping his fingers. <laughs> so the sadness. Yes, sir. Not the usual name for a zombie film. <clears throat> right. So uh, kind of where did that sort of come from? And is it sort of sad that the sadness brought me so much joy? <laughs> no. That, to answer the second part of your question first, no. Okay, good. Uh, but the, originally, like, it, you know, there was this idea of, I had this idea of, like, people being in this hospital and people being scared and crying, but, like, the, the sort of the, Pre presupposition early on in the movie that's established is that like oh if when you get the disease you start crying profusely and then people are crying and it's like it's like she's infected like a little girl like she's yeah. infected kill her it's like no that's my daughter and that, that this is what kind of the origin of yeah. the idea and I was like oh and we could call it the sadness like that's kind of snappy and cool and then and then I started to come up then I started to kind of you know think that oh this whole idea of like zombies are zo zombies are kind of easy to deal with and they're kind of sort of uh, tepid now because they don't have any accountability. You can't really blame them for anything. Yeah. But if we make them so that you can blame them and, and that and they're actually like cognizant and thinking and yeah. they remember everything, that's way scarier. Like, and if they they're the intention and the malice is there, then it's like super scary, right? So um, it, we kind of went with that, and then we started shooting, and uh, we tried to do the, the <laughs> we tried to do the crying thing, like um, like we tried to put like sort of boogery kind of like cujo eyes yeah. like on people, and we tried to like do sort of that sometimes, but we forgot to do it sometimes too, and I was just like. What am, I, am I gonna do that with post? <laughs> like I don't want to. What am I gonna do? I, who cares? Let's just keep going. Like so, maybe that the sad that that whole aspect of the sadness, like kind of uh, a a very sort of deliberate 
heavy framing of like the crying thing being yeah. up front and center kind of went to the wayside, but I still liked the title. And then as we finished the film uh, and I made the ending the way that I made it, because yes. in fact, the, the original script, the ending was different. It was, it was a lot more, uh, it was more of like a, I don't even want to get into it because yeah. it's because it's sort of it's not it's not as it's good. It's not there anymore. Either, it's not so. there anymore. So what's the point? Maybe one day I'll I'll say it. it. It's also it's not even a good story. It's just boring. But anyways, um, when I wrote this the ending and I, and I saw the uh, Regina Lay give the give the performance and she and she nailed it. She totally nailed it. Like and she's not even an experienced actress, but I thought she just did a great job. When I was watching like in a video village when we were doing the film, I was so proud of her. But anyways, after we did the um, that scene. I was like, okay, we can probably still call it the sadness because like that, it's just named after the finale, yeah. you know? And that's kind of, I guess, the what I'm sticking to. But I, I think it's also just funny enough to tell that like, I forgot what I was doing <laughs> while I was making the movie. But actually, you know what? It, it is very subtle throughout the film, but it sometimes could be sweat. But you do sometimes see that that droplets come down on certain yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. So I kind of actually like the fact, like it kind of links it in my opinion. It's, it's like, it gives it more layers, I yeah. think. So yeah, well the, done. There's enough, there's enough like sort of insert close-up shots where you see like a tear coming down where it's kind of like, okay, like that's, that's a tear. That's sad. That's the sad. Maybe that's, that's what, the sadness. <laughs> maybe that's what they, what this fucking guy means, you know? <laughs> so. Well, it's always good to keep them guessing, right? Like there's, there's nothing absolutely worse in my opinion than a film that's made that they spell every single thing out for you. I mean, I've got a brain, and it's fairly huge, <laughs> as it most people realize. It's really not. It's super <laughs> huge. Um, it's the only huge thing I have on my body, just so everybody knows. Um, and, and so, you know, those films that are so cookie-cutter and spells everything out, I don't, I don't like those films. So, uh, in my opinion, your ending was perfect, by the way. Oh, it thanks. was absolutely perfect. Yeah, I, I'm really proud of the ending. Like, it, and it's, you know... I, a lot of people, I found this a lot in France. They 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 sort of called me out for for the end for the doctor scene being like too didactic, like too much too much just like a guy sort of mansplaining to like this girl, mm -hmm. and um, like to me, to me all that stuff that he says is like interesting. So like I like it's kind of like, and it kind of gives like a broader sense of kind of what it all means and stuff. And I, but I guess people just kind of. A lot of people go into this, go into the sadness, and they just they see the train scene, and they're just disappointed that it never kind of reaches that that intensity. Like after like again, that, it's like yeah. yeah. So I mean, uh, like I look at that, and I'm like, you know, fuck. It. I mean, if enough people are saying that, I guess it's my, I guess it's my problem, you know. But like at the same time, when I watch the film, it's like, no, that's that's kind of how I want it to be. Uh, but I don't know. I guess at the end of the day, like, you know, I extend a hand, and the audience extends a hand, and and wherever it meets in the middle is what, where it's, it's successful, right? And I, as far, right now, like, I feel like the audience is having to extend a little too far for, for that scene there. So maybe, I know you didn't ask me, but if I could ever change something about the film, maybe I'd cut that part down a little bit. I don't know, it kind of keeps, keeps a universe. It actually creates now a universe that can change. Yeah, but so may, maybe it could, be, it could be handled a little less, sort of just like, okay, now we're gonna stop the film for like about eight minutes and just have this guy explain everything, you know? <laughs> Yeah. Like kind of in like a Rocky Horror Picture Show where the dude comes in at the library all the time. Oh, I can't even remember that movie. Oh, it's like they'll have like a narrator that comes in and sort of says, and this is where Brad and... Uh. <laughs> Guy in a wheelchair. Yeah. Yeah. Explain things. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah, okay. Now I'm, I'm, it's kind of coming back to me a bit. <laughs> nice. Okay, so we kind of know you probably get asked this in every single interview, but sort of, you know, but we don't want to ask you that, which is why Taipei? 
Right. Well, wait a second. <laughs> not not everybody was like at the Q and A, and not everybody knows about Rob. So perhaps we should ask why Taipei. Well, <laughs> Rob, do you want to answer that question, or do you think people should go read more about you? Read online? up on you. Yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> like the the fact of the matter is, like I've answered that uh, like every almost, almost every time, yeah. and it's just like you know, it's not it's not even that interesting. It's just like I was just there and. And then there's this whole thing of like stuff happens. Yeah, stuff yeah. happens. That's where Li- the opportunities were. Life finds a way. You know. <laughs> All right. Yep. Jeff Goldblumism. Insert here. Um, okay. So, are you going to come back to Canada? Is it like is your plan to stay there now? Like, have you built a, a life? Oh a, yeah, a, Everything you want to stay and and well, continue to do film there. No, and like the, I, I'll do films anywhere where anyone wants me to do films. I like Taipei. Be, I like Taiwan because um, it's very uh, it's just very cost effective. Like you can you can really get a lot of bang for your buck in terms of a, a film production. And there's lots of great technical people there. Um, there's lots of um, like amazing locations and and uh it's just a great place and it's just a great place to to shoot films and uh uh, i i don't plan on i i want to make one more movie that's sort of in taipei and sort of about taipei but then after that i think i it's time for me to kind of you know spread my wings and and move on because um uh i don't think i'm going to be staying there for like maybe more than like more than like five years or so just because there's it's starting to become a little bit like hectic like in terms of uh you know you know you know what you know mm. yeah big brother yeah exactly slash sister sash yeah so big, it's, yeah it's big. just it's just kind of uh uncomfortable and i'm i'm just i'm just kind of trying to get my ducks in a row to have like sort of a, a little bit of a an escape pod an escape plan you know i like that how you threw the word pod in there yep. just to pump us up you know yeah <laughs> what Oh, podcast. Got it. <laughs> Bam. Got it. It happens. You're so clever, Jim. I know. I'm the dude. Um, okay. So we had to go back and watch your back catalog and your animation work. Very original, very graphic, very creative. And for a, an old dude who's like comes from like early Bakshi, mm-hmm. I'm like seeing some influences <clears throat> for me personally as I was watching. I was like, man, this is like if Bakshi just went way too far. You're talking about Great Dana. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about, Great okay. Dana. So yep. is, wh- where did your influences come for your animation side of what you do? And you know, what is some of the great animated features mm, good of the past that you think you know, have sort of influenced you and that you yeah. aspire to if you want to stay in the animation world? Yeah, yeah. well, I mean, like animation, animation is like kind of where I, c- I get all the the storytelling kind of sensibilities and stuff like that. That's all because you have to like really think about those things because you, you can't just shoot a bunch of stuff and then cut it together because like you can't just animate a bunch of stuff and then take pieces of it because it all it's all a lot of time, very t- uh, work intensive. So um, where does the influence come for Great Dana? One day I was just uh, I used to smoke like a lot of weed, like uh, a lot, a lot more than I do now. And one day I just t- like started like cracking myself up <laughs> about um, about just some woman named Great Dana, like Great, like Great <laughs> like Dane. Great Dane yeah. with the dog. Yeah. And then she'd just be like this muscle woman. And then I, I just put like pencil to paper and I started drawing this picture. And I, I basically drew like the exact Great Dana that you see in the cartoon. And I was like, wow, that really came out easy, you know? And then I just started to um, think about, uh, 
you know, I just done this animation called Fiendish Funnies, which actually does appear in, in, in the sadness at one point on the TV. The yes, 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 <coughs> yes, yes, yes. Yeah. I love that. That was by awesome. The way. <laughs> so was Thanks. that was that you? Yeah, yeah, I made that. That's that was that's fucking great, Thanks. man. It was awesome. Um, but then, um, so I just done that that, and I was all, and I had actually won like won this little bullshit award in Taipei for it for like like a, a jury award or something. So I was all. It got to my head, and I was just like, I know what I'll do. I'll be an animator. So I, so I just I made some these great Dana cartoons, and um, it, I mean, I don't I don't really know. Like it's it's so funny. Like when you're when you're kind of like on a roll, I don't even know where the ideas come from. Like they just they just come, and you just and you just you, there's no shortage. They're just coming and coming, and it all fits together. And you're just like, wow, wow, wow. This is great. This is great. And you, and it's like, damn, like. You know, I, I don't think I'll ever run out of ideas for Great Dane. You know what? If if, if somebody, I've, I've actually, I've tried to, I've tried to sell that idea, sell that Great Dane. I've I made like a like a deck, like a pitch deck okay, for Great yeah. Dana for like, it's huge. It's like fifty pages long, and it's like, um, it's got maps in it and all kinds of characters and like arcs and everything else. And um, I've tried to to pitch it uh, through a, a bunch, a couple of you know people who are who are somebodies. Uh, I, I've I've met a few people kind of along the way, uh, like. Uh, especially like last year with Clearwater and stuff, I had a little bit of attention. People are like, yep. hey, who, "Who the fuck are you?" And and I gave them great Dana to um, uh, to try to sell. And I think that it <clears throat> it's just a little bit like on its like on its face, it's it sort of seems too like sexually political or something. Mm. Like, and people are kind of like, well, "Well, you know, so who made this? Oh, okay, it's not a woman. Okay, well, maybe this is not the right thing." You know what I mean? Like, th yeah, there's yeah, so yeah. much connection between like the work and who's making the work and sort of whose story is it to tell kind of situation. I kind of understand that to some degree, but it's just a shame because that I could be like, like Great Dana could be like my South Park. Like I just, Yo, I could just yeah. express myself like till the end of my life just through Great Dana. But um, as far as like really good anim animated features are concerned, like, I mean, I mean. There you, isn't a lot. Really, I mean, well, I mean, there are, there are lots guys. in Japan. I yeah, mean, yeah, yeah. you're going to have to go to Japan for that. I saw one called The Red Turtle like a little while ago. That was a French uh French production that yep. was released by, by Studio Ghibli, and I thought that was the last really kind of powerful animated feature that I'd seen. Yeah, um, I really liked the uh, Gantz Zero, uh, the CG uh, animated Gantz movie. It's like just fucking sick. And then, um, and and that's also like the side. It's just set pieces, just set piece after set piece, and just like cool monsters and just all the good stuff, you know. And because we already know the Gantz story from like the original series, right? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I think that the, uh, I think that although like the 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 old '90s Berserk anime is, is awesome, I I do like the three features that they made. I thought they did a really good job, but those are not even that new. Those are like from like 2010 or yeah, 2012 yeah. or something. But um, I don't know. You know what else is, is something that I like and I watched recently is the the Beowulf animated oh, thing. Oh yeah, yeah. I yeah. think that's good. I think that's kind of like a really cool. It's like written by Neil Gaiman and like directed by uh, Robert Zemeckis and stuff. Okay. And it's, it's kind of it's kind of awesome. And it, people are always like, the, the animation doesn't hold up. And it's like, yeah, it does. What are you talking about? It's like it's it's awesome. What are you talking about? I mean, it's not supposed to look like. Uh, it's not supposed to look real. Maybe that's what people are talking about. The animation doesn't hold up. It doesn't yeah. look real. It's like, yeah, it's not supposed to. It's supposed to look like animation. It's supposed to look like animation. Right. Anyways, th those are the best I can think of. I mean, I, I got lots of... I got, if, I, if I mentioned Berserk, then that's really all I need to say. Like, I think that's probably my favorite yeah. sort of animated piece like in, in culture, you know, and worldwide. Nice. Yeah. Wow, but you know what? It kind of gives a little bit of taste as to... Like, for those who, who are listening that haven't seen... The Great Dana. Hopefully, they go back and check it out. Oh yeah, no, and I'm then can see how you know that 
that and where you were in your space at that time because it was like what seven years ago or something uh, was it that it long ago couldn't have, couldn't have been that long ago maybe mm-hmm. it was maybe it was like 20 maybe like 2015 or 2017 okay. or something um, it's a while ago though right so it's you've evolved since then but you can see the influences in that in the, f- the your feature right so yeah like I've, I've always, i just have really liked um uh i i just I guess I'm just a spicy boy, you know. I just like to sort of be provocative, and I like to mix like sex and violence and stuff, and, and kind rock of and roll. Sex, violence, and rock and roll. Um, actually, yeah. There's, there's the, the sadness. I guess is kind of like a metal movie, but it doesn't have metal. It doesn't have metal until the very end. Yeah. Although I guess there are swells of like sort of guitar feedback and stuff sometimes, because my, my it feels metal. Yeah. My, and my composer is like a like me. We we kind of became good pals. Tsuchar. Uh, Ming from Tsitsar is like a huge metalhead, and we, but he doesn't do, he doesn't make metal. He makes like, uh, like pot like sort of, uh, how do you say that? Like rave electronic sort of music, you know. <coughs> but um, but uh, he, you know, he's never done a soundtrack before either. But he he made this soundtrack that was like really metal. But anyways, yeah, back to the thing. Yeah, like the sex and violence thing. Whenever I design a monster, I always try to make it look like a dick or a pussy, and that, true. That's, that's just true. I just find that like that's just a really good way to go, you know. Like that's, there's something sex sells, baby. Alien about our own bodies. And Great Dana, you even had the one dude's nose looked exactly like a penis. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I always draw noses that way. I think my nose kind of looks like that. Yeah, my my nose looks like a tip of a dick. It's yeah, it kind of does a little bit. <laughs> you just it's a, it's not circumcised, everybody. Just so you know. Yep. Um, so this is a bit of a follow-up question, because it's it's very obvious that you love horror, and in particular graphic horror. First off, let's talk about your relationship with your mother. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Um, so where did that come from? Where, where, did, where did the seeds get planted for who Rob Jabaz is now as to where you've come from and how you got to where you are? So where did, what did, you, where did your passion for, for gore and apparently sex and drugs is... Sex and, and violence. Roll. Well, first of all, I, I'll say that um, I adore my mother. She's a, she's a lovely lady. She's worked very hard to raise the, me as best as she can, you know, and, and mom... I love you. But anyways... Um, Your mom's an avid listener to our podcast, yeah, by the yeah. way. She's got, she, she actually has this, uh, she has this t-shirt. t-shirt. She's going to go this, wild. This one might t-shirt. fit her, right? <laughs> <laughs> she might. She might. Um, let me think for a second. Uh, oh, yeah. So I, uh, I was talking about this the other day that um, I think that like gore is like... It, so like, you know how like CG gore doesn't like work very well? Like, you know, it, for some reason, there's just not that. It's almost, does anyone here smoke cigarettes? I used to. Okay, years so ago. you know how when you smoke a cigarette and then it, you kind of get that, that thing, that sort of pull or, or like, I don't know how to describe back, it. Like that back suck like you're biking if someone passes you, it's like sucks you Something out. Something like that. Yeah. But it, it, you can, the way, the best way to talk about it is like if you smoke like a clove cigarette, you're kind of just like, what the fuck? Where is it? You know, where's that thing that I, that I smoke for? Uh, that's kind of this, the analogy that I use for like gore when it's done with CG is that it's it doesn't have that doesn't have that it doesn't have whatever that that friggin that thing is that thing that we, that, that I I don't know how to describe that je ne sais quoi I like to call it blood orgy which actually thank you for putting that in the film by the way oh no problem um, but uh, I think that it, what it boils down to is is the audience knowing that a mess was made and someone had to someone had to clean that up. I think that that's, I actually think that's what it boils down to. And, and I think it, it boils down to, so really what it boils down to is like making a mess. And it's kind of like, when you think about like just a mess, uh, it, it affects people in a, in a really 
like deep way. Like for example, my girlfriend, like she can't even like if, if there's a, a movie where like someone walks into like a, a bathroom in like New York City and the bathroom's got like shit all over the walls and everything, she can't even watch it. Like she has to leave the room because because it, it's just something like she can watch she can watch gore, she can watch violence, all that stuff. But when it comes to just a mess, she just can't do it. And um, I'm like, what the hell? Like what's going on in her brain? You know what what's happening there? You know, and um, and then also like there's there's porn where you, like sp like girls will get like slime dumped all over them or yeah. like or like sp bukkake spaghetti and like meat sauce or whatever or bukkake or whatever like just bukkake is a little different because it's it's yeah. it's jizz but like yeah. but i'm talking about just sort of like if you remove the sexual aspect of yeah, it yeah, and yeah. it's just mess it's just like like um i don't know uh chocolate pudding or <laughs> or, or or like or just the the like jello wrestling or just the, this idea of just messy people just covered in mess you know um there are some people who like think that's the hottest shit in the world. Like that, that the same, the same neuron that's firing that makes my girlfriend walk like run out of the room when there's a, when there's like a messy bathroom, must be connected to that same collection mm. of neurons that makes people get a fucking boner over a pile of like spaghetti and meatballs <laughs> being dumped over a girl's tits, right? And then for me, it's the same thing with with gore. Like like when I watch Dead Alive. Uh, or, or brain dead, depending yeah. on what part of the world you're in. Like dead alive. Yeah. yeah. The um, just like the 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 messiness of it is for some reason it's just like it's like my eyes start to water and I and I just I, I don't even know how to describe it. Like it's just it's is it the sadness? Th is that how you describe it? No, no, no. I, I know what I, you know how I describe it. I describe it as actually a fetish. I think yeah. it's a. I think it 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 it, it slots into some sort of fetishistic oh, it's aspect. A fetish, yeah. 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 <laughs> so. So that and so that's okay. Oh no, I mean, it's, there's nothing. There's nothing wrong with having a f like we fetishize stuff all the time, you know. Like um, every day, you're probably fetishizing like at least like five things, you know. I'm fetishizing right now, by the way. Yeah, Jesus, that's a pretty stop looking at me. Pretty low over under on that one. That yeah. nose of yours is actually just doing a lot for <laughs> me right now. It's too bad it's covered. Yeah, gross. Anyways, um, yeah. Thank so that you. so that's that's the way that I uh, that's the way that I uh, I sort of resolve that. I think I think that it's. And, and and then okay, so if we kind of go a little further with yeah, that, yeah, man, it's your, it's we're all here for you. Yeah, but if we go a little further with that, it's kind of like, um, you know, you don't you don't choose what you like. You just like what you like. Like for example, you don't choose that you like pickles or not. Mm -hmm. You just you just like them, and we just kind of are just drawn. And sometimes we're lucky enough to have the opportunity to pursue the stuff that we that interests us yeah, and yeah, we yeah. like most. And and then if we can sort of identify it very clearly, then we can kind of make the most of it. That's right. Yeah. So that's it. So ho from a horror perspective, though, if you go back, because you've, you've even listed off a couple directors that we know you're getting some buzz from, mm -hmm. who would you say, if you had to say, this is the director I want? Like, I mean, being Canadians, yeah. and I don't want to speak for all of us, but we're pretty big Cronenberg fans. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's kind of the best. Like, he's kind of the best, like, horror director, I think. Yeah. And, I, and I think not only director, but, like, sort of storyteller, like, in a, in a holistic sense, like, like writer-director. I think he's just the best. And uh, my favorite director actually is William Friedkin. Oh, but, dude, but The I, Exorcist. No, no, but like I, I actually like his crime stuff more. Like I like The French Connection and, and To Live and Die in L.A. I think yeah. is like a really underrated movie. But I just like how ballsy he is and, and just sort of when you hear him talk about making movies, how he's just like, he's just like a fucking insane fucking psychopath who, who, who just will push and push and push and, and, and he'll keep pushing until there's some pushback and then he'll be diplomatic and then he'll yeah. keep pushing. And I just, I, I got, I, that's not, you don't want to put your actors in danger. You don't want to put anyone in danger and you don't want to hurt anybody. But at the same time, I, I just fucking love how 
he, he does that. You know, I, I just love how he just does that sometimes. And, and he seems just kind of like the guy who's just like totally like just savagely goal oriented. Like I, there, I just have so much respect for that. And, and the same when he made like Sorcerer, like Sorcerer is a lot like, um, like Fitzcarraldo, like the, the mm-hmm. Werner Herzog movie. Cause it's just like this, it's basically just them actually performing a bunch of feats in this like hostile kind of jungle and then filming it all and then sort of, but it, you know, it, it's got a little, I, I would argue that it has a little more of like a story than, than Fitzcarraldo does. Although the, the feat in Fitzcarraldo is probably a greater feat. Um, but anyways, you understand what I'm trying to yeah, say. Like yeah. just sort of yeah. this very, that, that appeals, I guess, to sort of the, like the masculine sort of as- like side of me, you know, like just sort of this macho kind of like filmmaking as sort of an expression of being a macho dude and yeah. like just making these big, like, sp- like I'm going to fucking do this and this is going to be my movie and this is an achievement. And like that, that shit just fucking makes me really, really hyped, you know? And I wish that one day, and, and maybe that's also the thing too with like doing stuff on set and actually doing this stuff on set uh, uh, as opposed to just sort of doing it all in animation that maybe that's sort of how I'm trying to be like that or something. Yeah, that's cool, man. All yeah. right. So uh, the sadness seems to be getting a lot of buzz outside of Taiwan. Yeah. I mean, Rue Morg called it the most violent and depraved zombie movie ever made. Ever made. Not, not one of not the Not one. Yeah. The most. The most. But yeah. we've also heard that maybe it's not getting that same level of hype in Taiwan. Why do you think that is? You know, is? I, I honestly have, have thought about that, like, a lot. And I think it has a lot to do with just under-marketing, to be honest. Yeah. Um, I think that, and also maybe just sort of a, uh, like a misguided kind of marketing because because i think what they tried to do was they well what they what they did do is they just kind of released it cold in taiwan just like here's a horror movie and then they they spent like less than the minimum amount of of money that it would take to you know make everybody in the island kind of at least acknowledge the movie right and then um next thing you know uh you know the just and then it was also sort of covid related stuff too but i don't i i feel like that's that's not a good excuse you know uh at that at that time of the at that time of the pandemic like it really wasn't uh, it, I, I don't buy it you know but anyways like um that that's really it you know like when it w- w- the best way w- the best way to have done it in my opinion would have been to do all this first go to all these festivals like get all this mm-hmm. attention i mean i want i want a uh, a couple awards i yep. god willing i'll, I'll win uh, maybe a couple more yep Golf clap. Yes, thank you. Yes. Um, Look good on the poster. Yeah. And that, <laughs> hell yeah, yeah. Winner of the golden intestine at, at yeah, Gore Fest or whatever. Nice. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, the um, then take it back to Taiwan, you know, and it's kind of it's kind of like, oh, okay, yeah. we're, we're coming home, you know, but like we're bringing it home, baby. Yeah. Daddy's that, home. That would have been the way to do it. And then also like based on sort of the, the buzz of the film, I think that there would have been you know, other, like, people who would want to come in on the, you know, like, sort of uh, cross-marketing and yeah, stuff. Yeah. And I, yeah. think, I think that's just the, the way it would have, that's just the no-brainer, you know. But, like, I wasn't in charge of marketing, and I was kind of like, are you sure this is right, guys? And they were just like, trust us. We know we know how to do this. And I was just like, okay. Right. And then, uh, sure enough, it, f- it failed just as, m- and there was, I mean, <laughs> there was another thing, too, where, like, they actually started a, a, a real problem by stealing this YouTuber, this Taiwanese YouTuber's, like, tagline, because they were trying to do this, you know, tie it to it somehow so it became popular people well, just linked to it sort of yeah yeah like it, it's basically piggybacking off of like a YouTuber's success and <laughs> it's, it's just this really that's like what you want from your movie <laughs> no it's just like this this boomer kind of attempt at like 
like viral marketing yeah. like this, this totally like clueless boomer attempt at viral marketing and it yeah. was just like it was just like what the fuck are you guys doing and then it turned it turns into this thing where the youtuber turns around and is like like look at these fucking guys you know like they're they're st- like i'm just a simple youtuber here and this movie is fucking Total stealing my shit and then it caused like you know he started calling for like a boycott if if they if oh they man. if they didn't pay pay him for like oh this God, stuff and it was geez. just like it was just so <laughs> such a disaster, and I was just like, thanks, "Thanks, guys." Yeah, thanks a lot for that, guys. Thanks also for running it by us too, because they just yeah. they just did it without even asking, and and then they just walk away with the budget, and they're just like, "Okay, thanks," you know, like, type type I, of thing you would have wanted I nothing guess, to do with. I guess you just made kind of a shitty ro- movie, Rob. That's why it didn't do well. You know, we did our best. You know, and it's just like, what the fuck? So you know, uh, and you know, and, and I'm I'm being, I'm, I don't even care about being diplomatic about that. I think they fucked up, and I think they. They need to know that, you yeah. know. Yeah. Um, they also it, listen to our podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's <laughs> up? What's up, guys? At, at iFilm. Anyways, um, uh, yep. So that's 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 my explanation. I think also maybe some people can make the argument that Taiwanese people, you know, with air quotes, don't like that kind of film. But I mean, who doesn't? I mean, you like nobody. Nobody knows what they like. You just you just like what. Wow. What there's there's an audience for everything in every country. I, there's. Yeah. Th- yeah. It's going to be people that don't like it and people that do like people it, no just, matter where you go. People just like the thing that's that's the hot thing. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you just have to frame it the right way. Don't tell me that, oh, yeah, we, people don't like that, you know? Um, I mean, it, in terms of, like, it, that does make sense in some markets, but I think that with film, and, and, you know, specifically horror, like, people, there are people who want a horror film, um, and it's just like, and you're right, you know, you just have to identify the market. You have to find the cool people. You have to get the cool people to say that it's good. And then, yep. and then the, the lame people then will follow. Then the sheep the cool will people. follow. Exactly. That's, That's exactly right. it. Yep. Uh, well, we like it and we're pretty cool. So uh, thank you. There you go. You know, if you, if you're telling people you're cool, you're probably not. <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> Anyways. I think they know that I am. I'm just right. reminding them. Uh-huh. <laughs> Tell us about uh, working with practical effects. Uh, how fun was it, or conversely, how frustrating was it? Uh, well, I thought it was. I think it's awesome because, yeah. like uh, the aforementioned sort By of. By the way, mess thank factor. you. Practical effects is the only way to go. Well, I, I think it's just about like the right tool. Like if you saw Clearwater, for example, which we did. Um, that for me, like doing sort of sub sub microscopic uh, um, imagery kind of has to be done that way you know it's, yeah. it's, it's just the right but tool. when it comes to gore that's that's exactly the, the point like it doesn't you have to do that if you want it to look painful and and if you want it to look like if you want that thing if you want that drag in the cigarette like yeah. you need to have you need to have it done practically like um i've seen maybe in my whole life i've seen only maybe a couple pieces of of digital uh, digital effects used for gore that have that have worked very effectively one of them is like an ir- irreversible when the guy gets smashed with the uh fire extinguisher mm. uh, nod in, in the sadness as well um yeah. but um that's maybe the only one that that i thought was just really upsetting like it, it got it got that that factor that uh, gore orgy factor or blood orgy factor that you were yes, saying before thank you but um uh yeah pra- i mean working with practical effects is kind of a the the crew kind of I guess kept trying to tell me how much of a pain in the ass it was because like you, oh you know maybe if the blood doesn't work one way then we have to reset and we have to clean up and it wastes all this time and at the end of the day time is like time the, is money the, well the that euphemism is is no more is, is no more uh, like how do you say that like true um, than when you're doing a movie like basically mm-hmm. you come in the morning at six o'clock and and you just start shoveling dollar bills into a furnace and right they're all getting paid <coughs> exactly <laughs> yeah. Whether they're working or not. <laughs> yep. And um, 
so like practical effects is kind of like, oh, it's better if we do this like digital, right? And I'm just like, we can't. Like th that, that's the movie. Like mm -hmm. you ha we have, it has to be like this. And then um, essentially uh, my sort of plan was just, I actually mentioned it in the Q&A, like you just, you just do all the gore, gore scenes. Like, here's, here's the, uh, let, me, let me put it this way. Here's the thing that was kind of fucking everybody up is that they were, they were, they kept sort of having this sort of preconceived idea that we were gonna do like multiple gore scenes like in one in one mm -hmm. sort of cut, yeah. and I, and it's like, let's just not do that. Let's just do them one at a time. We'll do each one as an insert. We'll do it close up so we don't have to worry about the environment, and we'll just kind of have like, the, um, like you know, let's say for example that when the guy bites the guy's Achilles tendon yeah. on the subway, right? So it's like, regular guy's leg, you know, he he bites it, cut. Uh, then we, you know, we applied yeah. like the, uh, we applied the... Uh, the gush? No, no, the, well, we're going to go to the end next. Oh, right? okay. And yeah. we're just going to have like the open wound and, and blood spraying out, right? And then so the blood spraying out on his face and he's, and he's just chewing in it and like licking, putting his tongue in it. And then like we go over to the next thing, cut. Yeah. Then we, we do an insert of like the actual tearing and the blood, the, and then yeah. we can do that a couple times. And sure, th it'll take a little bit of time to kind of clean everything up if we have to do two, but it's a lot better than trying to do it all in one thing, right? Yeah. So just use, hey, guess what? Editing is part of cinema, you know? Like, <laughs> like just- Just like practical effects. Yeah, just, just, use, just use editing to, to, make the, to make the fucking thing come together, you know? That's like the, just the simple magic of filmmaking. Everybody keeps thinking they want it to be like that fucking uh, The Revenant or something, where it's just like a million things happening all at once. And it's like, to me, to me that's actually like, I, I don't, I, I've always thought that that doesn't feel like, cinematic to me you know like that that just takes me completely out of the movie it feels like it, it, it's almost like you're watching some guy fucking just jerking off you know it's just well look at look at me showing off you know yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. but it's i mean it's too much having yeah. something cut together because you're thinking you're thinking about it you're it felt it feels natural though like as we're watching it yeah as a viewer <sighs> you're not going oh yeah look he did a clip there and you could tell that this there like it felt it was so pieced well together right. in editing by the way yeah that it, it looks so natural yeah well you're talking about the sadness not not the yes revenue. of course yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, of yeah. course we're more focused on that right yeah just just with the uh, th those those kinds of long shots where, it, where a bunch of things are happening all in one shot i've never i've never liked those i've always thought that they're just they they it it takes the the viewer's mind off of the film off of the the subject matter and all of a sudden they're they're looking they're thinking of it from a technical angle you know a yeah. little a little bit of visual masturbation yeah yeah yeah. that's exactly what it is exactly you and never it, get enough masturbation just yeah, yeah yeah i just uh yeah I, I don't know that's that's something that i've always thought whatever that's what you did it well, man. So you Thanks. should be happy for that. Thank you. Um, so you talked about Clearwater, uh -huh. which we've also seen, by the way. Uh, first off, I loved it. I, if you look on IMDb, and it's um, it's interesting because in North America, you know, IMDb is kind of our go-to for everything. So whether it's true or not, you just kind of have to guess. But th it said that it's, it was a budget of like five thousand, and it's, I'm saying to myself, okay. This is could not have been five thousand. It was probably less. It was probably like three thousand. What? Really? Because yeah. well, it's mean, freaking awesome. Yeah, but you just—it's so funny. Like all you need is a, a little a little know-how, a little time, and a and a fairly decent computer. And if you know how to do it, you can just do all those special. You save so much money doing your special effects all yourself. I did all the special effects for like the sadness myself. Yeah. Me and this other guy um, from LA. I, I just paid a guy to kind of just help me if I needed any help. So yeah. I, so I mean, this, the budget for sat for the sadness is. Uh, 
like clean up VFX, paint over, like all digital work was like 10 grand. Wow. Yeah. So is I it mean, just cheaper there? Is that no, why? Or? No, no. The, the guy who did it was he wasn't from there. He's from LA. Yeah. The guy the guy oh. who did it was from LA. His name's Logan Sprangers. He's a oh, okay. check him out on Instagram, everybody. He's a a great uh, kind of unsung uh, VFX kind of guy. Okay. I, I hope he gets more work. He, he he works, but I I hope that he becomes more famous and makes more money. Exactly. <laughs> But I, I did the most, of the, that's the, the reason is not because shit's cheaper. The reason is because I did it all. And, and then I got this guy to just sort of be my helper. And okay. that's it. If you can do this stuff yourself, um, you save a lot of money. That's, that's the same reason why like the Skyland movies like look so good, but sort of don't feel yeah, yeah, that yeah. good, you know? Yeah. Well, okay. So is, are, are you going to go back to that film? Because I think there's a, a really good feature that you could easily push to Clearwater. Oh yeah, no, I, absolutely. Like that, that's. I mean that's the, the actually what's on the the plate next nice. for me. Nice. I wanna I wanna really expand on that kind of mythology and um, uh, yeah I got some ideas I've kind of I figured out like you figure out sort of the mechanics but you have to think of like what are you, what what are you saying like what's what's this about you know quote unquote what's what you, what's going on what he's just uh, showing the time okay yeah because because remember you're like. I oh got yeah. eaten to do. Well, I, well we, we can. I'm having fun. Let's. We can go, we'll go to like 12, 12, <laughs> 15 your or lunch so. Lunch date can. Or whenever you want to cut. Because you're yeah. worth the wait. Is that what you're going to tell them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I want to be. I, you know, I just. I, I, I got to be like. It can't just be there on time. You know, like I look like no. such a loser. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm here. It's cool to be. Do late. you know Only who I losers am? show up where, on time. Do you know where who I the, am? Where are the canapes? <laughs> <laughs> but I was going to say that. Where are the eclairs? I was going to say that. Um, uh, you have to think of the. The subtext, like the, the what are you saying with the film, and I and I realized that it can be about like the fear of children, like the fear of having kids, mm. and and then it'll be kind of about birth, and yeah. this will be kind of the ideas that it all kind of touches on, and I have this whole story that that I've been writing. It's been tough doing all this festival stuff, but I think that this story is going to be cool, and it will have the same emphasis upon um, practical effects as the sadness does, but it also will have hopefully more of an emphasis on like like an equal emphasis on on cg as well because i think that um the right tool for the right job you know like yeah. I, I think that i can i, I really want to try to please you know kind of like old guys like you like old practical <laughs> effects dudes like you with um with cg like like yeah. finally the, the guy who did someone it someone right. knows how to do <laughs> yeah, this yeah, 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 exactly yes that's, that's what i'm that's kind of like a that, that's the goal to sort of make uh people like change their mind about yeah. it or something because I think that there's a lot of power to, to CG and it, it just sucks that sort of it's always bad it's now. always just and, and even the guys who do it like you should see the stuff that like the best guys the stuff that they post on Instagram like their hobby stuff is so cool but then the stuff they get hired to do is just like it's just, well it's just like build like building like building destruction or like vehicle stuff or like really boring stuff and um because a lot of the times what these do what they these directors will do is they'll just go on Google images and they'll just put together a style board so it's it's all based on stuff that's already there like there's not any creativity yeah exactly there's not any like true creativity coming from the actual mm -hmm. like artist so I, I'm trying to like address that I guess with with this Clearwater project I really hope that I can get it off the ground and it really all depends on how well the sadness sort of sort of performs like ultimately yeah you know? yeah well and that's kind of like even just your journey right now, which you kind of maybe have alluded to, but as you're taking this trip you're doing now with the festivals, it's like this is 
you're not making money like unless they're paying you to be here, which I don't know if that's the case. But it's like you're, well, the you're the running festival, on this the advertising. Festival, the festival uh, paid for me. To come, but uh, they, here's a check. Here's a ten thousand dollar check. Thanks for coming. Oh, I mean, I'm still on salary. Like, I'm okay. st- I'm still kind of like I'm 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 a company team player. You know, like nice. I'm, yes. I'm doing my thing. Like, I, I I love. I mean, fuck, I love Jeffrey Huang. He he made the whole thing happen. You know, and like he has, um, he just took a risk on some fucking wild ass idea and s- just some weird ass motherfucker like me and, and was just all you know just opened up his wallet and and was like let's give it a shot. You know, I'm I'm okay with losing this if we don't if you know if we don't make it back that's that's fine let's just see how it goes it's a we'll call it a learning experience yeah. if it doesn't work right but and this whole this whole thing this whole me going around and like talking with people and you know showing up on youtube and like wearing these fucking glasses and shit so nice. people can people can recognize me in the thumbnail like it's all just to kind of drum up kind of attention for the film and hopefully like when the movie actually has the wide release people will just be just ravenous for it you know yeah. and that that's that's kind of the the idea so i mean we put a little bit of money into this uh you know what i'm saying like put a little bit of money into into the into the shit into the me flying around and kind yeah. of doing all this stuff and and you know showing up and and promoting the film and and sh- you know showing enthusiasm for the film like it, it actually does go a long way like with with sort of festival festivals yep. and stuff well yeah because people are like we see you we know you're here and how does he feel about it? Like, how does he, is he like, oh my God, I'm so glad. This is, your vision is now my vision. Is he, no, is he like. He, he's, he's like, a, he's like the, the kind of boss who like never, never compliments you. Like he's always <laughs> just like, he'll always just be kind of, he's kind of like the, the farmer in, in the movie Babe, where he's just kind of like, that'll do. <laughs> that'll you know? do pig. Yeah, that'll do pig. That's what he actually <laughs> said to me. Um, <laughs> that, that'll do little piggy. Um, run along. Nice. But uh, that that's kind of his his stance. But then, like meanwhile, like I'll I'll hear his friends being like, "Yeah, Jeff said the fucking sadness is really taking off," and I'll be like, "Haha!" Like he's he's happy. He's happy with it. It's funny, like how like that's kind of you know, it's it's funny how like a good sort of a not I mean not maybe not a good boss, but just sort of like an effective boss can kind of just make you you're just so like desperate just to kind of like get sort of um, what do you call that like recogni- or, Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like like the, the level above. That'll do, pig. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That oh, that'd be so sweet. But any, but if he yeah. petted me once, I'd yeah. be so happy. Exactly. <laughs> if, if if he gave gave me an extra bucket of slops. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, they, uh, you know, I, I think that he, I think that uh, there's no question that he's like happy with sort of how it's being received and how the international horror community is really liking it. It's a shame. Like, I mean, the, the sadness is just a little too extreme for there to be like a crossover hit, mm. kind of like trying to boost on it or whatever. Yeah. Um. But you know, whatever. It's it's. I think that that also gives it like, uh, um, how do you say that? Like um, integrity. Yeah. You know, it's like because yeah. it's it's kind of it's not pandering. It's just like we we're doing this and fuck you. Like it's kind of punk in, in a way. Yep. So you know, I, at least we have that. Yeah. And you have right here, right now in Calgary. So have you been to Calgary before? No. Like, is this your first time? Yes. So when you obviously grew up in Ontario, mm-hmm. and. Uh, did you spend a lot of time, you know, traveling around anywhere else, or were you one of those people? Like I grew up in Ontario as well. Right. But um, did you get to see anything else? And now that the festival's out, you're actually seeing all over the world. Yeah. So were you a traveler, or did you? No, no, no. That's that's basically it. Like I'm I'm like you know in my in my like late 30s, kind of like going to Europe for the first time and like going to, uh, well, I guess just Europe is all I've been to, and, and then like you know I just moved to, a- I've been everywhere in Asia, but I did that all in like sort of my mid twenties, you know, 
Um, but yeah, like as a kid, I was pretty just like, I was just at home at watching horror movies, you know? <laughs> getting I mean, stoned. Yeah, and, get, and getting so stoned. And, and the thing too is, um, uh, you have to, I guess you have to be a fan before you can sort of make a movie. It's just like how you have to read a lot of books before you, um, you can write. So I, I think that everybody who's a director, if they're not, if they're, if they're not a fan, then I don't know why they're even doing it, yeah. you know? Yeah, it, se- it would seem almost counterintuitive, right, to be like, I'm, a, uh, I'm making, you know, a super awesome horror gore fest. Right. Blood orgy, if you would. Sure. And, um, and you don't even appreciate that genre, right? Well, yeah. I mean, it's, it's not so much about appreciating it. It's just kind of like understanding the language and understanding, like, you know, th- there's, a certain, there's a certain language, t- not just to gore, gore and horror, but also just to movies in general. And it's like, you have to know how it all works because it's, it's, all, it's, it's all like engine parts and stuff, you know, and, and understanding how it all works. Not to say that I really understand, like that I totally understand it, but I think I have a pretty good handle on like a lot of it. And... Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, y- I mean, you have to be a fan first. I think. I think that that's. I think I'm immovable on that. You know. <laughs> so. All right. So, um, getting back to the music a little bit. Uh, how did you meet your composer? And uh, were you like a fan of what he'd done before, or did was this? Did you like? Did, did you have five or six people you were looking at, or? No, like I just was, looking around on SoundCloud for like someone to do the music yeah and i just blindly found tuchar yeah and they're from singapore but they lived in australia and um i just i em- uh, just sent them like a message on soundcloud and i was just like hey i'm doing a movie do you guys want to do it and and, and the music that they did was like um it was just like k-pop remixes and stuff <laughs> like the, it, but it but it was like kind of dark and weird and i and, and there's a lot of variety in it and i could just tell this these these two people are there, there's just so much, uh, uh, how do you say that? There's so much range in what they can do, and and I, and I just sort of looking through the through the catalog, it just kind of was like, I bet they could fucking do this really well, you know, yeah. and um and they they had some sort of some mixes that were a little more experimental, and I was just like, um, I think these are, I think that if I get along with them, I think that these guys would be a good fit, um, and um, and sure enough, you know, we started talking, and we and we ended up really getting along, like just sort of, you know, how it is when you sort of just like get on right. like with someone who's like th- like they like all the same stuff you do and stuff yeah so so that's kind of kind of w- went down with um with Suchar and, and Ming from Suchar and, and and his girl Sarah who who uh it, there's some there's sort of like vocals in some of the soundtrack of the sadness and she does those she's more of like the vocalist and he does all everything else and actually they did that the song at the end of the sadness like not not the the heavy metal song but that sort of weird kind of like oh yeah mm-hmm. ba- ballad yeah. sort of thing um, man, I, I, that was such an awesome song. They just they just gave that to me. They were just kind of like, "Hey, we made this. Do you think you could use this?" And I was just like, "Fuck yeah, <laughs> thank you." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just put it at the end. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, like, just sort of long story short, it was just like a, a leap of faith. You know, we just kind of, um, I just said, "Okay, well, let's. You guys are on board. Let's just try to do it." You know, no, just like me. Like, no one. I've never done a feature before. Cinematographer has never been a, a, a DOP before. He's only just been camera crew. Everybody, it's all their first time doing it, but I think that I just p- picked a lot of people who were just kind of like, always kind of had it in them, yeah. Um, and and it just kind of, uh, it just kind of went off. I, I, in my opinion, it went off really well, you know. Like right on. Everyone was just able to kind of express like, express themselves like kind of creatively, like 
without a lot of limitation and do something that they felt proud of. And uh, it all came together, you know. And the music, it's funny because the music, I think, I think the music in a film can make or break a film. I think it's 51% of a film. Yeah, I, I, an atmosphere. Like, the, it, it, maybe your, to your comment earlier, it's like a metal film. It felt like, in, and this is maybe not an, the best analogy, but we have a lac- professional lacrosse team here in Calgary, mm-hmm. and they're called the Roughnecks. Mm-hmm. And when you go to a Roughnecks game, it's like it starts with just it's metal all the way through the the games and it starts at kind of this low pace and by the end of the game it's like the music is blaring and it's just like you cannot help but get up and scream and pump your hands and go oh my god i love this yeah 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 it's and that the music and sound in this film completely do that you're you're so ingrained in what's happening because the music and sound just bring you to that place that I think you're trying to get us to. You, you know, it's funny you say that because I got I got the idea. I mean, it was it was Ming who um, who makes everything, but I guess it's me kind of signing off or like or he gives me like two things or three things, and I say let's go with this one or whatever. But the thing that I kind of signed off on, like you know, as soon as I got it, was when he came with this this Chinese instrument called the suona, and it's kind of like a almost like a Chinese clarinet, and it's that that sound is like. Like that kind of sound, and they use that at, like at. It's like they use that at like funerals a lot, and they use that also like at, um, you know, like on if it's like some god's birthday or whatever, because like <laughs> gods have birthdays apparently sometimes. Apparently, but um, the 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 thing that I think of every time that I that I hear that instrument is maybe not maybe it's the simil- maybe it's not the same thing, but it's a similar instrument. It's the time I went to Thailand and I went to watch kickboxing, um, and um, they just play that. Like when the guys are fighting, they just play this <laughs> like the whole time, and it just—it's like it's just—it's just like violence. It's just like okay, everyone's just going insane, and we're just kicking the fucking shit out of each other. You know, these two guys are gonna fucking try to kill each other. <laughs> you know, and it's like that's just yes. Yeah, yeah. So like I, I was when I heard he was using that, and he was kind of using it that same way, that kind of yeah. like uh, dissonant kind of just like it sounds just like a fucking crazy person. I was like that. We need to use that because I think that, like, just you know, historically, that that's that sound is just. I mean, it's kind of like um, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. You know, like that that sound has been used for like probably centuries just to drive yeah. people insane to kick the shit of each other. So like maybe there's something just sort of intrinsically violent about it or something. So so that that the, the swana was like a big fucking uh, revelation. Like when he when he brought that in as sort of like. The, the instrument that would kind of um, uh, represent kind of like this, the virus or, or yeah, represent yeah, yeah. kind of the, the mania of the virus. Yeah. I thought that was great. So that's well, it. well, well, well done. Well, well done. We're just keeping mindful of your time. No, no, it's okay. But um, 102, I can see it on your clock there. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm going to list that. Murray, I'm sure Murray might have some kind of technical question. Murray is actually our uh, producer and technical well, arms yeah. of the podcast slash mm-hmm. film industry person but yeah um yeah no it was it was really great i loved everything about it um you said it, the budget was fairly like small though so you obviously were able to get away with lo- doing a lot of things yourself mm-hmm. um i guess maybe i'll ask about maybe the, the distribution because obviously your plan is to eventually get distributed in north american markets and make money off of it but yeah 
but so is he still pursuing that, or do you have oh yeah, I mean offers? that's that. I mean, absolutely. Like we, we, you know, we're getting the reason why it's taking so long is because, um, you know, there's there's like bidding, like warring happening oh, on it. Like it's it's competitive at this point, which is awesome. Uh, <laughs> nice. Bi- uh, the, uh, Raven Banner, our we sold the rights to Raven Banner. Yeah, Raven Banner is awesome. Yeah, they're great. Um, and and they're like regardless of their titles, like the the people who work there, I think are are just really good to work with, mm-hmm. very transparent, and also, uh, um, I think, kind of, like, sort of filmmaker-oriented, you know, like, yeah. they, I think they, I think that there's a lot of guys on the, like, the partners who actually run the fucking, uh, the company are, like, filmmakers themselves, mm-hmm. so they kind of, um, you know, they're, they're cool dudes, and I like them, and uh, they've definitely, their, their idea to kind of take this film, well, first of all, they took the film to, like, the, the Bernal uh, at the, uh, what do you call it, they call it the, uh, European film market, EFM, right? Yep. And um, they started showing it to some people and like, and then w- based on sort of the reactions they were getting, they were just like, let's stop showing it to anybody. <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then they were like, let's just not show this to anybody. Rob, okay, listen. Uh, we're just going to like <laughs> keep this on ice until like late summer. And then we're going to do all the festivals and we're going to do, we're going to cut like a really sick trailer. We're going to cut a new poster. We're going to, we're going to put sort of uh, ads in the right places and sort of get it in front of the right eyes and then just try to create this like this crazy buzz for this unleash movie unleash it yeah and yeah. then uh, and sure enough like it, it totally worked and and we're their sort of um, marketing strategy basically what to do in marketing as opposed to right, your right. experience their, before their their um, their marketing strategy was like based on the precept that like the film is good <laughs> you know what I mean so like it's like we have something here that's kind of like lightning in a bottle in, in a way. Uh, well, in, in the way that it's lightning in a bottle. And, um, and they just kind of believed in it and, and they marketed, marketed it accordingly. And I think they did a great job. And I, I think that uh, as far as release is concerned, we're gonna, you're going to see that soon. It's just kind of like slow on the rollout. You mm-hmm. know, we've got to draw up the paperwork. But I'll, yeah. I will say that we definitely have, have uh, been, you know, we've definitely moved into sort of the beginnings of closing a few mm-hmm. big deals and and nice. where everybody's very happy with sort of how it's looking and it and excited and everything so you know in the early um probably early 20, uh, 2022 we're going to see like the sadness uh show up on on your tv somewhere on nice. the old on the we old can buy physical yep. media. Man. sure sure well I'll, I'll put together a real nice uh special edition Bonus. too Excellent. I, got, I got all kinds of storyboards well, no, not director's cut. We saw the director's cut. Yeah, the director's <laughs> cut is, is what you saw pretty okay. much. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, director's cut. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, there you go. With, so is there with an added two seconds. With an added two <laughs> seconds that no one else got to see. Mm-hmm. So, okay, is there anything that we haven't asked you that you kind of want to share with our listeners and the CIF audience and, you know, people around the world? Um. Other than go see the movie because it's fucking awesome. Yeah, thanks. Um, no, <laughs> I don't think so. I, okay. I I'm just trying I to think, think. We've covered it. Yeah, I think that. Um, I'm just trying to think if there's any like really good, like films or filmmakers that I, uh, that I want to kind of shout out, but I I just can't, I, I don't know. Like I have I just been so busy that I haven't really mm-hmm. seen any 
I've been seeing. A lot. I'm going to see Titan for the first time tonight. I almost saw nice. it in Paris. Yeah, we're going to be there. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, I almost went to go see it in Paris because it's just playing in regular theaters there. But but um, they didn't have subtitles, and I was like, should I just go see this? <laughs> um, Probably could have still enjoyed it. Yeah. I'm sure. But yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I've, I've heard that it's 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 pretty dialogue. Like it's a lot more oh, dialogue okay. heavy oh, than, okay. than you than you uh, okay. would would expect. Yeah. Yeah. But um, I mean, I I know I'm going to love that. I think that woman is a is like a uh, maestro level kind of yeah. savant like when it comes to filmmaking yeah. I'm actually jealous of her like in a bad way like I'm actually like <laughs> like fuck I hate God, you fucking damn it. yeah exactly you. yeah exactly she's a because she's like charismatic and like gorgeous and like like so good it's at not filmmaking. fair yeah exactly <laughs> I mean while I'm this homely ass motherfucker like trying to like trying to f- put together a gore movie with like you know but anyways uh, yeah but like I mean I think that w- when it comes to sort of making a film like I can imagine what it must be like working with her on a set like um you know, she, like she's going up to her actresses, uh, actors, and, or, or whatever, and just kind of like talking with them, and like, and as an actor, you you so want to impress her, like you you just want to give her like everything you got and stuff, and like being that kind of person as a director is like the kind of yeah. person that you want to be. You want to be this like um, person that that you want to please, you know, and and uh, I think that that's probably. I mean, this is all speculation, but that's probably the kind of situation it is on, on a se- her set, you know. Yeah. But uh, I have, oh man, she just like raw is so fucking good. Like, I remember I saw that way late. I saw that yeah. like like mm. like last year because I I thought I had already seen it because I thought <laughs> I thought it was that that movie about that woman who eats her own skin like from 2002 yeah. and then and then later I confused it with the rabid remake. I was like I already saw raw. <laughs> fuck raw. <laughs> yeah, fuck raw. That that movie sucks. So then but then um no then no she, it doesn't. Then she <laughs> then I someone told me like dude it's are you kidding me like and I was like okay and I watched it and I was like. Yeah. Oh, sh- I haven't seen this at all. This is awesome. Yeah. But yeah, so I'm looking forward to that tonight. I and guess I'll see you boys there. Yeah, well. for sure. You, um, I know you're a huge Cronenberg fan, so we, we've now become big fans of baby Cronenberg, so I'm not sure if you've seen any of Brandon's I stuff. saw Possessor. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, thought it was, um, I thought it was really accomplished, but I, I don't think that... He, I don't, maybe he was trying to do something that I just didn't get, but I didn't think that the gore was uh, right for, for that kind of movie. Like that part where like he's like... Uh, pushing out his eyeball with the uh, with the stick or whatever yeah, it is yeah. like I was just like why is this why is this in this movie you know like this doesn't make any sense to me maybe it's, it's trying to say something about like glorifying violence I don't I didn't get it I just didn't understand it but like there's lot there's lots of things to love about about Possessor and that's actually the only film I've seen he had that other one called like anti antiviral or whatever yeah, I just yeah, never yeah. saw that yeah, maybe maybe I'll go ahead and see it yeah it's worth checking out sure yeah for sure well why don't you tell everybody where they can find you on social media and well, online stuff? I'm literally the only guy on earth who's named Rob Jabaz. So just like Google my name and add me on Instagram. Instagram is probably where I'm the most active. Um, and uh, that's pretty much it. I've been I, on Twitter. I'm Jabaz Rob for, because for some reason oh. I can't, I can't do Rob Jabaz on Twitter. I think maybe I tried to have Twitter like a while ago and then I just forgot the password. <laughs> so it's actually me who's keeping it me from, from it. From being you. From be, it's me keeping me from being me. I love That's it. That's so sad. Yeah, it sucks. But um, in any case, uh, Instagram's kind of where I'm at. And, uh, you know, probably like after I'm back in Taiwan, I'll start like hawking some NFTs. So get on, get on it. Get on the, the fucking NFT game, everybody. And, uh, you know, this, this boy's going places. You're going nice. to, you're going to own some fucking, some original artwork from, uh, from your boy Rob Jabaz. Nice. Yeah, posters are great. Yeah. Well, I'll thank our ragers for listening. Find us, uh, Film Rage, on social media at Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at Film Rage YYC. Check out everything Film Rage at FilmRageYYC.com. Please comment, like, and subscribe and send us an email to FilmRageCalgary at gmail.com. That's it for this special verbal masturbation episode. 
being held at SIF Calgary, where you can find out everything of the festival at SIF, C-I-F-F, Calgary, and if you don't know how to spell it, look it up, dot com. Until .ca. Yeah, dot .ca. Oh, sorry. Is it? SIFCalgary.ca. There you go. Everybody. Oh, there's also that. Okay, well, it's not com, so they're only talking. Uh, and until next so time. professional. Exactly. Until next time, Ray John. Ray, Ray John. John. Bye, guys.